problem gambling is something that we as a society are becoming more attuned to, uh, which is just as well given it affects more people than you might think. Last year, research by the ESRI estimated that one in 30 adults in Ireland are impacted. Imagine that. Imagine being in a room with 30 people. At least one person there has a problem with gambling. And my guest this morning knows all too well the hold problem gambling can take on you. And it's a story, well, his story is one of challenges to overcome hope, I suppose, and determination. Matt Zarb, cousin, good morning. Oh, good morning. Thanks for having me. Not at all. You're very, you're very welcome. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. You joined us from the UK uh, this morning. I know that those numbers that I mentioned won't, won't come as a shock to you. And I just want to mention as well, people who are listening may be impacted. We're going to talk about some challenging um, times in people's lives, including ment- mental health issues. And there is uh, help available, rte.ie forward slash helplines or gambling care. Uh, and we'll give those resources out at the end. There's a lot we want to talk about, including the app that you co-founded. But if you don't mind, Matt, we might just go back to, to the beginning of your story when when you first realised, I, I might have a problem with gambling. Yeah, it was probably when I... Um, I, was, I was only young at the time. I was only 16. So uh, I was underage, but I was still able to go into betting shops and uh, gamble on fixed odds betting terminals, which at the time were machines where you could gamble up to 100 pounds a spin and i was um i was going in there more and more frequently and then i think i realized i had a problem when i just got paid from a part-time job and went to the betting shop and obviously you don't intend to to lose all the money that you have you've just earned in that job but um you start betting and uh you start chasing losses and then your stakes get bigger and bigger and then it's a bit like um when you if if you if you drink alcohol your your judgment becomes impaired the more drinks you have it's a bit like gam- gambling is very similar the more the more you start gambling and the more into the session you get you you know you start to shut the world off outside and and you become extremely zoned in on that activity and uh, before you know it you know you're sort of in this sort of trans like state so what you- shop and I've lost all that money so yeah <clears throat> About, about just give us approximately what year this. So you're 16, and I'm not trying to find your age out <laughs> now. But you might tell us what age were you, uh, or what year was that? Oh, yeah, that would have been 2006. So, so I'm now I'm now 33. Um, so yeah, it's a while back. Well, it's really, I suppose, relatively speaking, it's not that that long ago. Now, in, in Ireland, we don't have uh, FOBTs, as they're called, uh, those gaming machines with fixed odds. Uh, they weren't uh, part of our uh, world, but but the, the but the games that you probably played on it are part of the betting world here. Roulette is one of the games. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, they had roulette on there. That was the most popular game. They had blackjack. They had slots as well. Um, so, um, I mean, now I mean, online slots. Uh, which obviously, I mean, obviously, you can play all these games online now. Um, online slots is the biggest revenue generator from of all gambling products. About fifty percent of the revenues are coming from online slots alone, and around half of people that use them are either considered problem or at risk gamblers. So they're very, very addictive product, and. Um, uh, unfortunately, that's the the nature of the business. It's people might sign up to bet on football or racing, but they will be cross-sold the more addictive content. And where you have these types of gambling products, um, where you have basically rapid event frequency and people can stake up to you know very very high stakes, uh, you you end up with a, a huge amount of harm associated with them. And and that, and that's why you know we wanted to. 
well, we, we campaigned in the UK for a, a maximum stake on fixed odds betting terminals of £2 a spin. And we've obviously campaigned for limits, similar limits to be applied online as well. But you're, you're a 16 year old, you're going into a betting shop. You didn't have access to a phone with an app on it at that particular stage. Um, would that continue then from 16, 17, 18? And, and did, did the problem escalate? Yeah, so I, um, I was gambling for, for about four years. Uh, it escalated to the point where I was gambling um, practically every day. I mean, I would it would be when I had money. Um, so any any money I could get my hands on, I would sell. All, I'd have sold all my possessions uh, on eBay. Tried to get you know as, as much money as possible to just to gamble with, and um, uh, yeah, and I was ended up gambling sort of up the maximum hundred pounds a spin um, just to get the same the same rush and the same feeling as as uh, as I had done before but you know you end up having to gamble more and more just to get the same the same feeling and uh, and and that's what happened it's a very dangerous product in that regard i mean the thing about roulette is it is an addictive game anyway but if you, if it's played on a digital platform whether that's a machine or on online uh, at you know three spins a minute and you you can stake up and you can do repeat bet and there's like all of these facilities to like speed up the experience you're basically making that game more and more addictive than it than it already is and um uh, and yeah that that continued until i was 20 um when i lost a huge amount of money uh which was part of a student loan and uh, i'd maxed out several overdrafts and uh had to sort of confront where the gambling had got me and at that point i i did want to take my own life and so that's where it sort of led me um into that very dark place um thankfully obviously that didn't happen um but uh i can see how it impacts people in that regard you just feel so helpless and lacking in agency it just takes you to a place where you just feel like completely subjugated into this this activity where you feel every your whole life becomes about when your next gamble it's quite uh it's, it's quite it's quite grim to be honest yeah and I, I wouldn't wish it on anyone that that secrecy that you and shame that you have as you're you're spending so much time and so much money and so much of your mental energy on on gambling that, that I suppose it's a, it's like a multiplier effect it feeds in you must like at 16 16 to 20 years old you must have missed out on an awful lot oh yeah I did and it, it was just not being present in that in moments where I would have felt you know like that was quite a significant or important point in my life so uh not being um not taking things seriously with regards to sixth form college or relationships or just not being present with my family not being present in not being in the room just always thinking about always thinking about gambling always thinking about my next bet always being in the betting shop when i would otherwise be meeting friends you know it, it it was that con- it, everything revolved around gambling and my next bet and uh and it took it took over my life i would say that's fair and 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 the thing about addiction is you you don't end up getting enjoyment out of anything else you 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 have it's it just focuses all of your attention on that thing so you, you everything else seems boring by comparison like the things would be quite quite important and significant but otherwise just you know, if you're addicted to gambling, they just feel like they're just irrelevant and boring. So, yeah, you you 
it does erode all of that, all of your perspective, which I think is is also a, a factor. There are people listening today who enjoy gambling and are able to regulate it themselves and, and don't spend money they can't afford and enjoy it. And they enjoy the community. And, and like and you, the same in the UK as Ireland, there are pubs in isolated areas that have a bookie shop next door. And that one pub is able to support the staff, the building, the lights, the heat, the IT technology to go around that. And there is a little community involved in it. And people, people like that. It's a bit like the pub as well, where you, yeah. your community is these people and everybody's doing the same thing. So you, you're part of the tribe as such. But you, you identified the problem, as you, as you mentioned, the deaths started to escalate, all your time was spent. So where did you go for help? Um, so I, I got uh, cognitive behavioural therapy which is, uh, um, yeah, which sort of helped me recalibrate how I looked at gambling. I still, I still, um, I still kind of uh, relapsed after that for, for a few months. And it wasn't until I was like, about six months after I was suicidal that I actually was able to give up. So it did take a long time um, for that to happen and it was difficult to give up so you know you have you do need support and you do need help and um there wasn't an awful lot of it at the time in in britain uh to be honest with you so i you know i was i had to sort of deal with it myself um but um there is a lot of help out there now and i think you know i know you mentioned that you were going to say where the where to um find it after after the interview but uh yeah it's important that people know that there is support and there is help and uh it's an addiction like any other look i mean i've got no issue with people if they want to gamble that's their choice absolutely uh i i, I think that um it, that's a good thing i think people should be able to gamble in an environment where it reduces the propensity for people to get addicted and i think that unfortunately the gambling industry the way it's operated is not in that space at the moment it's still re- over-reliant on people losing money they can't afford to drive the majority of their profits, which is a shame, but it doesn't have to be like that. And that's, you know, that's sort of my view on it is I'm not, even though I was addicted to gambling, I'm not anti-gambling. I just think that there's, there's a way in which we can structure the regulation of it that could limit the damage, basically. And there's some, some changes to legislation coming in Ireland for for that particular aspect of gambling and that's on the way that's uh, currently working its way through the Oireachtas. I suppose the big change, and I'm, I'm 51, I have children in their teens and in their early 20s as well, is the, the rise of the, the gambling app. So you, as a 16-year-old, you had to physically go to the bookie shop. You had to find your way to the shop, spend the time there. But now, while you're waiting at the bus stop, you can take out your phone and and bet whatever, bet on 15, 16, 25 different things and track them. Yeah, when I was, uh, <laughs> when I was campaigning against fixed odds betting terminals, uh, which was at the time obviously like the biggest revenue driver in the industry, um, uh, gambling apps and smartphones and the prevalence of smartphones um, started to really take off. And uh, I thought it was frightening how how easy it is to to access these these types of gambling products the first time in human history we've had the situation where people can they carry around a device where they can play slots on it i mean it just that for me is just un, unbelievable in in terms of like the advances in and, and in i think in a negative sense the advances in technology and what that's what that's been able to to offer people and and not just slots but casino games roulette games we've always said 
we'll, we'll keep them in the casino because they're quite addictive and quite harmful. So we'll we'll make sure, you know, that they're not everywhere. And now we've just got them on smartphones. So, um, so I really wanted to do something about that for people to get addicted. And that's why I set up Gamban, which is... Um, software that you can download onto your devices and it blocks access to gambling sites and apps and it's designed to be as difficult to remove um, as the operating systems will allow so anyone who wants to download that onto their devices will block access to you know, the, the apps won't connect and any gambling site they try to get on it won't connect either so, so, you, so um, can, yeah if, if i might summarize you, you make uh, and from my understanding you make a decision to download gamban which you co-founded the technology behind that you pay a subscription which is how much is the subscription uh it's uh, three euros 49 a month um and uh, what we're trying to do at the moment is make it free at the point of need in as many jurisdictions as possible. So in, in Britain, it's free through the National Gambling Helpline. Uh, in Norway, it's free through Mon- Monopoly. In Finland, free through the Monopoly. And in Ohio, it's free through the Time Out Ohio self-exclusion platform. So we're trying to make it free so where you- people, uh, you know, place people need it. So ho- hopefully when there's a regulator in Ireland, you know, we can do similar there too. Yeah, and I know Amory Caulfield is the incumbent at the moment and, and possibly will be the regulator when the legislation clears the houses of the Oireachtas. Um, so you download it. It's, it's, it's easy enough to download. You pay your subscription, but you've made it extremely difficult to remove. From, remove. And one of the reasons for the subscription, in fairness, is the, the app people, the, uh, the IR URLs and the addresses of these gambling apps and, and some of the casino apps. I know we're talking, we, we started talking about bookie shops or bookmakers, but actually it's a much wider mm. um, industry than that. Um, they, they they change all the time, so you're co- constantly updating the the app. Yeah, we're constantly updating the block list. So the block list will will add um, new gambling sites and apps that appear uh, in real time, and we'll get that get those added to the block list. And there's uh, approaching eighty thousand gambling sites and apps worldwide. So everywhere in the world, that, that's the software will work. And um, and we obviously need to make sure that the it's the, the the app itself and the software is optimized on each platform. And there's always new iterations of different operating systems that we have to keep abreast of. So, um, yeah, so it's a subscription model, but that's to ensure that you know, ideally, we we were we're in a position where we can obviously the the product has to be sustainable, but yeah. we can offer it ideally for free through different channels and yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully doing something in Ireland And have you have you subscribers in Ireland already? Uh, yes we do we have a few hundred um, it's increasing every year um, but uh, we've not done any marketing or anything like that so I think this is the most marketing I've done about Gamban um, in Ireland uh, to date so uh, yeah so obviously we want to, to build on that and, and want it to be available for people if Obviously, it's a, a double-edged sword, really. You know, you, in an ideal world, people wouldn't need Gamban, but if they do need it, it's, we want them to know that it's there for them if they need it. And uh, with a new regulated market coming in, it's very likely that there's going to be an increase in people that get addicted to online gambling. So it's important that the, the support tools are, are visible to them. There is hope after gambling addiction. And well, I know, you know, people would say it's an ongoing and you've keep, you have to keep an eye on it. But you've had a successful career. You've had a career in politics. You've founded the app. So I just want to just, as we finish now, I want to finish on a message of hope. There is hope. Yeah. Uh, well, look, I mean, looking back, it, 
um, and where it's led me and, and you know, given me the opportunity to, to change the law around gambling and to, to start Gamban and to help people as a result, you know, I wouldn't have changed anything. And I think to get into that position is a real privilege to, you know, to have gone through the trauma that I went through, but to then look back and say that I'm glad it sort of, I'm glad it happened in a way um, because of all the good things that it's led to yeah. and all the people I've been able to help, you know, I think that that's, that's a really nice position to be in and that, and anyone can be in that position having gone through that trauma. So yeah. try to turn it into a positive, I would say. I just want to read you one text before you go. Please tell that man his app saved my life and my marriage. Thank you. Wow. That's awesome. So. That is so good. Thank you for reading that out. Thank no you. Problem. Matt Sarb, cousin, director, cleanup gambling and co-founder of Gamban. Thanks for joining us this morning. 